Shalom and welcome back to Four Worlds Torah, digging for treasures in the Torah, treasures that matter for our lives and for the world. I'm Rabbi Shoshana Lis. It's so good to be back here again with Rabbi Charna Rosenholz. A word about Torah as we return to our podcast. Torah is a blueprint for navigating human becoming, for navigating, for affecting human transformation. It shows not only the problems of human behavior, but also the solutions, the possibility of rectification, of repair of our basic instincts. This week, we are exploring Parshat Pinchas. We'll be exploring healing our splits through studying opposites. This will make sense by the end of the podcast. This week, we'll explore the hidden problems and possibilities of gender expression in Torah society, applicable to our own as well. Is gender a dichotomy or a continuum? Why does this matter? Let's explore together. Rev Charna, over to you. Hi, thank you so much. It's so good to be back here doing this podcast. I'd like to thank all of you listeners who um, went on the sabbatical with us, and we are so happy to be back. Uh, we want to look today at two opposites, at two very important um, poles, if you will, or dualities. And one is the duality of the masculine as expressed through men's behavior, and the other is territory of the feminine as expressed through women's behavior. This Parsha has two amazing stories that really speak to these two poles. Um, it begins with the story of Pinchas. Many of you might remember from last week's Torah portion that when the Israelites got to Midian and um, because they took Balak, the evil sorcerer's advice, the Midianites, and they sent their most beautiful temple priestesses to the camp in order to try and bring idolatry and their practices into the camp. This was done through sacred cult priestesses who were both beautiful and very seductive. And so these women indeed came into the camp, they seduced the men, and many men were quite interested in following these new beautiful, bountiful babes, if you will, and they followed them into nooks and crannies doing sacred sexual practices. One prince in particular, um, who was not named last week, but is named this week, um, Zimri from the tribe of Shimon and this beautiful Midian pr princess priestess Cosby, they not only partook in sexual act, but they did it right there at the tent of meeting. It was a bold and rebellious act. And the holy blessed God, the one who has the energy of Kuf Nun Aleph of Kane, of a kind of zealous, possessive, some call it jealous, uh, God did not take very well to that. And a pl plague broke out in the camp. In fact, this plague was so devastating, 24,000 people were killed. It is acts like this that has allowed the Jews to be called the Old Testament God, if you will. That's not my languaging. I would say the God of Torah, 
they call a jealous possessive God for this very act, this kuf nun olive zealous act. As we progress in the story, we want to say that this energy is not necessarily jealous or possessive. It's an energy that is there to protect a very sacred covenant. But more about that, not today. What I do want to say is that when Pinchas, the grandson of Aaron, saw this act happening, he was outraged. His own Kufnun Alev Kane energy took over and he grabbed a spear and he hit them right through the nudge, nudge, wink, winkers, if you know what I mean, immediately killing them both. The sentence in Torah, chapter 25, verse 7, is Vayar Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aharon HaKohen, Vayakam mitoch ha'edut. He arose from the midst, mitoch, from the midst of the community, taking his spare. spear. Four sentences later, it says, Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aharon HaKohen, Heshiv et ha'chamati me'al b'nei Yisrael b'chano et Kinati bitocham. Um, and so then this same Pinchas turned away. God says, This Pinchas, he turned away my venomous anger from the children of Israel. And in his being zealous, with my zealous rage in their midst, I, I did not destroy them. My zealous rage was taken care of. Or as Res Marsha Prager, uh, our beloved teacher um, in the Aleph Ordination program says, Pinchas has some inner quality that enables him to tune into the divine. He becomes a lightning rod for the full force of the transmission, a magnet for God's anger. Pinchas can absorb full force and deflect it back to God. For this, God is grateful. And for this, he is given an eternal covenant of peace. There are two things I'd like to call out about these two verses. The very first thing is that this covenant of peace, as it's written in the Torah, the shalom for peace, shin, lamed, vav, mem, the vav is actually broken in the Torah. In every Torah scroll that's kosher that you stand before, there's a broken vav. It's as if God's saying, Yes, this act had to occur. This act had to occur and Pinchas had to be held back. As he absorbed that energy and reflected it back, he, he was able to stand in that frequency, reflect it back to God so no more people were killed. Yet by killing two people, that's not real peace. It's a broken peace. And let's keep that in mind. The other thing I really want to point out here is that he arose from the midst, mitoch, of the community. This is a very beautiful word. And then also he, um, he took care of my zealotry in their midst, bitocham. And I want us to consider that this mitoch, this in the midst of, there's an injection of some kind of energy here, some kind of very important energy that is injected in that has to do with this very masculine force 
Um, he arose from the midst of the community. He brought this into the midst of the community. It's some kind of, as our colleague, uh, Rabbi Ruben Modek says, it, it has a kind of sexual energy inside of it, some kind of communion, union energy. This happened in the midst. Um, so I want to put this forth, um, this, this information about Pinchas. Um, A, because I'm going to look at it as part of this masculine force that societally rests in men to create protection, and that protection could be violent. We have here two energies, the energy of lust, the energy of violence that is part of a force behavior that has to be objectified. There's no doubt that these men objectified the hot female. They saw these women and they threw out everything they had learned their whole lives in order to satisfy some basic urges. And we have to ask ourselves, what about this anger? What about this kind of lust? And what is the medicine for healing? So what are we going to do with this as we look for this medicine for healing? It's fascinating to me that there is another story about women. And we now go to chapter 27, um, verse 7. And of course, this is all in the book of Numbers. And we have this story about five daughters, five beautiful daughters. Uh, they're the daughters of Slofahad. Slofahad is a very interesting name. Now we get into power of names. Slofahad, cell, shadow, uh, um, uh, and then Pachad is fear. So this is a man who stands, who has fear and stands in the shadows of his fear, and he died. Um, he no longer is alive. And the, and the daughters realize, wow, we're just daughters. They've just doled out the land to all the tribes. Where's our inheritance? And so they go to Moses and they say to Moses, um, Rightfully, these daughters speak. Yes, give. Oh, this is God talking to them because they asked Moses. Moses said, I don't know. I better ask God. The Midrash says, Moses, if he doesn't know, doesn't pretend, he asks the higher source, asks God. And God says, yes, speak to them. You are to give. Yes, give them a heredity holding. And then here it is, betoch. In the midst of their father's brothers, in the midst, transfer this to them. So we have another thing being inoculated in, into our midst. We have within our midst, we have to deal with our anger and our lust. In our midst, we have to remember that women have an inheritance within the men's realm. Very different stories on our continuum of gender. Gender, early, I'm going to call this early gender, if you will. You know, this is 13th century before the common era, societal gender roles, men with their force 
and women creating place and space. Force and for, force and, 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 and containment, um, force and form, as I like to say, these two poles have now been set up in this Parsha. But what more can the daughters teach us? Not only do they teach us about right timing, because they waited to ask their question until after the hereditary land had been brought forth. Remember, this is not the first pushback from the people in leadership, yet others were critiqued for being the wrong time. Theirs came at exactly the right time, and we learn a lot from them about that. But then let's go even deeper, because I believe the daughters represent what it means to be diminished and then to learn to stand up through hard work. Where do I come from by saying this? By taking apart their names. Each and every one of their names has a deep meaning. Machla is about forgiveness, circles, and cycles. But it also can mean she will be wiped out. There's something about being diminished, but then allowing the circle consciousness and forgiveness to bring us back. There's Noha, right? Which is about momentum. She's the one we can all be complacent and unable to move. Yet she reminds us if we bring movement back in to our complacency, we don't stay in the shadows, the very fears and shadows that their father represented. Look at Malha the queen, the one holding the noblesse of all women, queen energy, knowing when and how to move forward in dignity. Look at Hogla, which is vision, or like a bird, the one who flies like a bird who sees the whole picture and circling everyone with vision. Um, and you can also translate her as she has a holiday. There's a way holidays lift us up and give us vision of what's really important. And lastly, there's Tirza, the one who knows the will of Hashem, the one whose desire is for God's will, the one who runs to God in each and every way. Each one of these daughters shook off the shadow of fear of their father. And it's that kind of fear that disallows us from grabbing on to this incredible ex Sinai experiment, if you will, of ethical monotheism. And that can really sometimes too many rules or too many laws or too many shoulds or too many holidays, um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it takes a lot to celebrate fully the Jewish calendar. Mm. Yet, by stepping out of the fear of all that, taking kind of the shadow side of an emotion and working through it through the representation of their names, they will stand tall and lift everybody, lift themselves up. And by lifting themselves up, they lift up everybody. Mm. I just want Mr. To Thank you. I just want to remind everybody of what Isaiah says, that Mashiach does not come until the moon is in her fullness. And Rabbi Isaac Luria of Blessed Memory would teach that when the moon was diminished, when the feminine was diminished, 
um, she had she has to learn to stand tall on her own. And the feminine exists within each and every person. There's certain parts of ourselves, the emotional part, the part that does inner alchemy, the part that works our shadow for our becoming to take those strong other energies, that lust and that violent force and that righteous indignation and that masculine energy and its basic instincts has to be lifted up by working with the shadow elements and tension of the opposites. Because we are now squarely in the 21st century. We now know that gender is not an either or. We get that it's a continuum. Our young people are coming out in a very different way. And it is our responsibility, of, especially the older generations, to listen to our young ones and let them teach us of this emergent truth. Yet all of us are in this situation where we study our basic instincts. We know when it's forced. We know when we have to step back and get more into our becoming and, and creating those balances. I believe that's what the Torah is teaching us in this Parsha. And I believe that is what is key in order to fix that broken Vav. Because please remember everybody, the Vav is about connecting things. It's about collapsing time. It's about connecting things. And it's about all six directions, standing in east, west, north, south, above, below, in a wholesome way, upright, upright, open-hearted, fixed Vav. That's mm. the real piece. Wow. I think I get it now. I didn't get it before. I, I studied this with you earlier and I was thinking, okay, there's every one of us has a masculine aspect a feminine and the two need to be in balance. But now I'm seeing a much deeper story here. The interplay between these daughters and Pinchas, that their work, which is our work, whatever gender we identify with and as, we have each of these five daughters within us and we can lift up each of their energies and celebrate it. And then we can put that to work now that the space is cleared for them with God's will um, to, to be respected. And that this Parsha is a really deeply empowering one um, for all, for all humans. Uh, For that. all of us, because, yeah, because it comes back to peace. Shalom is peace. Shalane is wholeness. It is that it's it's a it's that wholeness that comes from not being stuck in a duality. That's the task of our age. The real way to fix that peace. You know, how do you take the 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 rachem, the womb? Right, the womb is a very safe place. But this this other, this like venomous anger and this sword, um, you know, the spear is is uh, romach. Romach and rechem. Romach is spear, rechem is womb. Mm. Same letters. Mm -hmm. Womb a circle. Right. The, the spear a line. It's about the line and the circle interfacing in balance and right way becoming well well i want to bless everyone to again look for our inner daughters of Tzlafchad who face their 
the shadow of the fear of their, that their father held, the ancestral pain and trauma that can be uplifted and transformed, and to also find within us the Pinchas, who is willing to stand up and make right what needs to be made right, even while sacrificing, and that sometimes we do need to sacrifice our safety and the safety of others in order to bring about a larger and higher good and peace. And that's a painful reality. But ultimately in our time, may it be so, we can heal that broken vav and ultimately completely heal connection itself, which is the vav letter that you spoke of within the circle that you spoke of as well. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom, everybody. So glad to be back. Yay. Shabbat shalom. Bye.